Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Ross M., and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, March 3rd, 2023. Today we're reading from the big book, we're in How It Works, on page 66, the fourth paragraph, starting with, this, is our cor- this was our course, and ending with, I will be done. All right. Our readers today, for the steps, we have Joni C., for the traditions, K.S., Reading our text is Tenzin P. Page 164 is Anne-Marie M. Backup reader is Nancy R. Newcomer greeters Barb W. And second hour host is Leslie M. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, March 9th, 2023, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 20,037. So that's 20037. The 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 20,038, 20038. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating, compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And a vision for you, big book study. Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I asked Joni C. to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning, Russ. This is Joni C., Gratefully recovered but not cured in Minnesota. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made a direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thanks, Joni. Next up is KS with the traditions. Good morning. This is KS, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in North Carolina. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any, any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based upon attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to service. Thank you. Appreciate it. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. So we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your share be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book and how it works, page 66, the first paragraph, and we're reading, this was our course, and then ending, thy will be done. And uh, Tenzin P is going to start us off today. Okay, here I am. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Tenzin P. Grateful uh, re-recovering in this program. So glad to be here. Okay, this was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick, though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they like ourselves were sick too. We asked God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? 
God, save me from being angry. Thy will be done. Okay, setting my timer. Uh, very powerful paragraph. Um, I have heard this paragraph called as the sick man's prayer. And the way it talks about from the, every sentence so important. Uh, it, it, at the beginning, it says this, help, uh, no, it says, uh, this was our course. So this is, we are beginning here one little step at a time with the course, the whole path, a whole new way of living. Uh, in the past uh, few paragraphs, uh, we've talked about we have to we we have to be free for hang, from anger. Of course, we have to know that we have anger. I didn't know I had anger for a long time. I didn't know I had resentments for a long time. But then we turn back to our list, uh, the list that is on the previous page about the fourth step that. This holds the key to the future. So to realize that the people who wronged us were spiritually sick, I like to think about it as suffering rather than sick, but the word spiritually in there is really important that um, like, like us, they have been spiritually sick, that I may not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, well, we've just made a list uh, in, in the fourth step of the ways that these have disturbed us in terms of our self-esteem, our personal uh, relations, our security, our financial security, our sex relations, and fear. But, but they, like ourselves, were sick too. We ask God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. I like to use the word uh, tolerance tolerance, compassion, and patience instead because pity for me can have that um, kind of the implication of I'm looking down my nose at them. And um, okay, so how can I be helpful to this person? So here is the big change of attitude. It's from how can I, you know, fight this person or feel that I'm better than this person and hold on to my resentments? How can I be helpful? And the main way that uh, one of my mentors points out it, 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 that this paragraph is, is not talking about forgiveness, that we are praying here for God to help, to help us have removal of deep resentments. This is really a prayer for us. Um, so how can I be helpful to them is about a big change of attitude. And it's about freedom from blame and shame. Of course, it's a process, doesn't happen overnight. I see I'm at the end of my time, so I really look forward to hearing what everyone else has to share. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tandon. All right, so now we're gonna open up the line for sharing. And uh, we ask that, you, uh, although uh, we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day. So if you, uh, Share it on Wednesday or Thursday. Please step back and allow all those who don't get a chance chance to share to share. Um, I'll let you know if I don't hear you. And one at a time, please. Janet, Janet. Tina S. Melissa C. Tina. Jen A. Melissa. Riska. Riska. Jen. Janice. Janice. 
Lori oh, oh, one B. second, one, one second. There was <laughs> someone in between ja- uh, Tina and Melissa that I that I missed. Shanna C. Shanna, okay. So we're gonna we're gonna. This is not um, an indictment on who you are. I got you down last. So um, we got Janet B, Tina S, Melissa C, Riska R, Jan A, Janice PM, and Shanna C. So first, whoever I didn't get now, we'll try to get you for the next round. All right, Janet B, you're up. Good morning. This is Janet B, Recovered Compulsive Eater in New Jersey. This paragraph is so beautiful and the placement of it, right? Um, we're doing our fourth step after we do our third step. So we've surrendered to God and we know that God's got my back. So it's okay. And what do I do here after I see all these people who are like mean and nasty to me? It tells me I pray. I pray. I ask God to help me show them tolerance, pity, or compassion and patience. I ask God to change me. And I love at the very end what we're supposed to pray. God, save me from being angry. I need to be rescued from my own anger the way that I needed to be rescued from the food. So how does that work, right? How does God rescue me? Because how does God save me? I had prayed for years, God, help me stop binging, help me stop binging. And it didn't work. God saved me. God rescued me from the food obsession when I surrendered to him. When I said, God, everything I've done hasn't worked. I'm willing to live my life the way you want. I'm willing to stop being dishonest. I'm willing to help others. And then, only then, could God come in and launch a search and rescue mission for me and save me. And then just a line on where it says, show, we ask God to help us show people tolerance, pity, and patience. I think it means to really take a look um, and walk in their shoes. So I had a resentment against my dad because he yelled a lot and he worked a lot around the clock. But then when I thought of his story, his father beat them and didn't always hold a job. So my dad, he didn't beat us, he just yelled. And he wasn't lazy without working, he worked. So even though he yelled a little too much, in God's eyes, he may have been a saint. And I have to realize that and look at other people and realize that only God, the God who saves me from the food, can save me from my anger. And if I try and do this without prayer, I'm just doing self-therapy, and that never works. Um, And that's all I got with that. I passed. Thanks. Thanks, Janet. Next up is Tina S., followed by Melissa C. Star one, Tina. Thanks so much, Russ. Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Yeah, wow, what a great paragraph. Some great chairs this morning to really dissect this paragraph, you know. And I and I you know, I, I look at this paragraph so differently today, you know, when it talks about this was our course, we realized that people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. You know, I always left the next sentence out. You know, I was like, Yeah, they're sick for sure, you know, but then it says, um, they like ourselves were sick too, and I also like the word suffering. That that puts a little different take for me also on on the sick word. Um, 
you know, and, and for a long time, you know, I, I realized that this prayer was for me, you know, to have God save me from being angry, you know, and how can I treat this person, you know, with the same tolerance, pity, and patience that I would cheerfully grant a sick friend, which is so true, you know, and, and I had to have the change of attitude. I love that that was talked about because for me, that is the truth. You know, and, and, you know, my sponsor told me where it says, how can I be helpful to him? And she would say, Tina, leave him the hell alone. You know, just leave him alone, you know. And that's what I did most times, you know, and, and I quit gossiping about people, you know, and I would just leave them alone. And then I would just continue to pray that God save me from being angry. Thy will be done. And this stuff works, you know, and I did this after the third column in, in the in the big book, and I was told to go down the list of the resentments and say the prayer for each person until I meant it, you know, and I could mean that, and I loved it. it was talking about this is not forgiveness, but I could mean that I would want them to have, that I could treat them with tolerance, pity, and patience, you know, and that I could feel for them, and, uh, what, you know, some great stuff, and I, too, am looking forward to hearing some other shares, so with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tina. Next up was Melissa C., Followed by Riska R. Hey, good morning, Les. Thanks so much for your service. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, yeah, I look at this paragraph and I see, like, I'm really reminded that um, I have to live very differently from other people. Like, I cannot take this position of um, that I'm entitled. You know, really imagine what people do. But I have to see it from a different angle. I have to, you know, this is my course. This is the way that I'm going to live and walk the rest of my life. And so what I'm, what I'm reminded of is that the things about other people uh, that might upset me, I'm to look at them as symptoms. You know, I'm supposed to look at behaviors that I don't like as almost like a cough, you know, or a sneeze. And, and so I'm not so easily offended, you know, if I'm in a quiet room and um, and I want it quiet and someone starts coughing and sneezing, I might not enjoy their cough or sneeze, but I don't take it personally. It's not, and so, you know, it's not that everything that other people are doing, it has anything to do with me. Sometimes it's just their symptoms. And then I'm, you know, I'm told, like, so then have some compassion, tolerance, you know, pity, and, um, you know, and another definition of pity is compassion, so it has a different angle. And I think, too, about tolerance. You know, I used to think that tolerance, yes, that I had to stomach these people. Like, oh, I have to tolerate them, these, these sick people that are beneath me. But it's actually, remember, these prayers were reminded they're for us, they're for me, they're to change me. And so really what I ask God for is tolerance. In, in the sense of diminished sensitivity to an outside, you know, um, sometimes it's like a medication. And if, I'm not, I, if I build tolerance, I, I, you know, it doesn't, uh, doesn't give me the same effects. And so I have to look at the same thing from people's symptoms. I ask God to give me thicker skin because it's my extreme sensitivity that was self-centered. And it was bringing me to ruin. And, you know, the other thing real quick is that when I look at people, um, I also can, you know, think about them as works in progress. 
you know, that they're developing, they're spiritually developing. I was taught that by a dear friend. And I think, you know, if I can look at people as developing, I can think of them as children, still growing. And that, and that also gives me greater compassion and, and tolerance for them. And um, thanks for that, I'll have. Thanks, Melissa. Before uh, Riff Scar gets on here, I just want to let you know where we're at if you jumped on a little later. We are on page 67, how it works. This was our course down to thy will be done, just one paragraph. All right, Riska, you're up. Hi, good morning. Uh, can you hear me? Yep. Um, okay, great. Uh, this is Riska, R-I-V as in Victor, K-A, um, in Baltimore. Um, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater. So it's just so funny because this morning I am sick. Um, I've been battling this, I don't know, bronchitis, crazy coughing for like two weeks. And um, the most helpful thing for me uh, is not, you know, I'm trying everything alternative and conventional and everything. And I must understand what most important thing for me would be is understanding that, like, just, just, just understanding, you know, um, from others that I, I'm actually, you know, physically sick at this moment. Um, Anyway, what what I also wanted to share, and the shares have been so wonderful so far, is that you know though we did not like their symptoms and the way they disturbed us, the way these disturbed us, it's so validating. Sometimes I just say that line, like I don't like their symptoms and the way they're disturb- they're disturbing me, and it's just kind of like okay, I can validate that part that that's been disturbed. But the thing that's hard for me about this paragraph is that. Um, I don't think I would cheerfully grant anybody uh, tolerance, pity, and patience when I'm disturbed. So, um, but I, this is part of the, the work that, that I that, that that this program has allowed me to that this ability to connect with um, God's will and not just stay in that place where um, I, I my own my my. Uh, negative part is, 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 is running me, the part that's going to be angry and disturbed. Um, but I did, I did hear three things that did help me with this, saying this prayer. One is that pity can be empathy, which is that understanding, which is what I'm, you know, I'm appreciating now. Um, two, cheerfully can be easily. Like, not that I'm cheerf, you know, cheerful about being disturbed, but that I can easily have more understanding for somebody. And the third is that the sick can be spiritually imperfect. And I have used that so many times where I've said, this person is spiritually imperfect just like me. And then all of a sudden, like the, you know, it, or the, everything kind of like, like a balloon gets popped, you know, and everything kind of comes down to like, oh, okay, this person is spiritually imperfect. I don't have to be angry and disturbed by someone else's spiritual imperfection. I'm also spiritually imperfect. So uh, anyway, thanks, everybody, and everyone should be well and have a wonderful day. And I pass. Thanks, Riska. Next up is Jen A, followed by Janice PM. Hey, good morning, Russ. Thanks so much for taking the meeting. This is Jen A, recovered by God's grace and mercy today in um, Littleton, Colorado. Um, The inventory process uh, saves me from me. And, um, you know, we've looked at who we're resentful at. We've looked at the cause. 
and I've looked at how it affected me. And what I've learned in this process of doing this inventory process over and over and over again, whether in a four-step or continuing um, to go back for one through seven, is that these disturbances and these upsets and these resentments, um, God is just using these people to help me see where I'm out. He's using these situations to help me grow and change in understanding and effectiveness and to be more like him and more loving, more kind, more peaceful, more patient, more passionate, more confident, more tolerant of others, right? And so it's it's really important for me um, to look at this prayer as a change in me. And I love how it's been talked about today, a prayer for me. Um, this prayer brings God in and pushes me out. Um, when I do my inventory process, I take columns one, two, and three, and I put my hand on the first three columns or I fold the piece of paper because I'm no longer able to look back at that person. That person's not the problem. I'm the problem. And so now I need to pray, and my heart needs to get right. I need to remove the hate in my heart. It is not these people that have wronged me and done me wrong. That's just the song I play in my head. So what I do is, is, is I cover that page. And, and I pray this prayer out loud. I don't need to change it. It worked for Bill. It worked for hundreds of other people for hundreds of other years. It's like, okay, just pray the prayer. You know, why are you so disturbed? Because, you know, you have the problem and you're going to figure it out in the next column, Jennifer. So can you find acceptance? Can you stop being so judgmental? Be more compassionate and understanding, like it's been talked about, that empathy. And have patience, you know, and go with a cheerful attitude and say, thank you, God, for bringing this person, place, institution in my life so that I can see where I'm out and you can help change me and rearrange me from the inside out. And that's what I love about it. And, you know, this is where I have a shift. I have a shift in attitude and heart. And sometimes I have to pray this for two or three times or I have to take in four deep breaths, hold it for four, blow it out for eight, and do that over and over again until my headspace empties and it goes down into my heart. And by the time I get to the last and final prayer and the prayer that I hang on to every single day, it's thy will, not mine, be done. It's the will of the fathers. He brought this person into my life. He knows that I'm upset and that I'm pissed off and I'm resentful and I'm angry and I'm disturbed. But it's not the person. It's me. And this helps me to get out of myself. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Jen. Next up is Janice PM followed by Janice C. <clears throat> Thank you very much. I'm sorry. Um, I think I'm going to pass. No, no. I was going to say, I think I got to pass because I heard everything that I, I uh, really needed to hear, too. So um, my name is Janice PM, and I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Massachusetts. This was our course. What does that mean to me and to us? Well, I know what it means to me that this was our, those, they're talking about those that are recovered and went through this process, this course of action. This is what it tells me. When I take a course, I want to know how to do something. You know, if I'm taking a course in psych, I want to understand how children's minds works. So this is a critical, these are critical uh, for me. Guidelines. This is the paragraph prior says mentions how twice. How am I going to get rid of this you know resentment? Uh, well, this is going to tell us how these guidelines. 
But, you know, it was taught to me, and I knew it intellectually, but I wanted to hold on to these resentments because these people did not, especially one, one or two that I really resented. And uh, it took me a long time, a long time praying, uh, praying, please, God. I ask that everything I want for myself be given to so-and-so and so-and-so, their health, their prosperity, their happiness. Well, I didn't really want that for him, them. I was so angry. They did not give me my needs. My needs were not met by them. And therefore, I held it on. You know, I yelled. I uh, shunned them. I said, that'll, that'll, that'll treat them, you know. I'll gossip about them. And um, every time I heard their name, I'd yell or say, don't talk to me about that one, blah, blah, blah. But today I don't do that because this this, um, book teaches me what I need to do, that it's my responsibility. I can't look at people, places, or or institutions and principles to, to meet my needs, what I want. Always was doing that. I have to have my needs. Very needy person, very needy woman. And, you know, hurt people, hurt others. I mean, I was hurt, so I got to go and hurt them. Um, uh, So I cannot get all my needs met from, uh, you know, people, my expectations. I have to look at myself. Did I do the same things? Were I intolerant? Was I understanding was I compassionate like was already meant? Do I have a, an open mind? No, I didn't. I was just like them. So, you know, the, what is the solution to all our problems? God. God. Pray. You see? And then that's how, H-O-W, well, thank you, hon. That's how I can get rid of my resentments. I can't get rid of them myself. I have to treat them as they are sick as I am sick and spiritually sick. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thanks, Janice. Next up is Shanna C. Paul. Oh, then we'll take another list. Messing up my Good list. Good morning. <laughs> so sorry. Little studio. Go ahead. Go <laughs> oh, this is Shanna C. Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee. Thanks, Pete. And thanks to everyone who shared. My gosh, I don't know how to add anything to this. Um, I just want to thank everyone who shared and for everyone's service. And for those of us who have made it through another week abstinent and free from this thing and, and be given the ability to, to help others, because because of that, we we are so helped. And um, one of the things that really jumped out at me is the fact that by this time, we at least, you know, I hopefully <laughs> I've gotten to that point where, I I realize that my problems really are of my own making and um, that the people who have wronged me, you know, fancied or real, you know, they may have really wronged me. They may not. I may have just thought they wronged us, but regardless of whether it's fancied or real, I'll eat over it because I'm uncomfortable. Um, And I'll develop a resentment over something I think someone has done or said. So by this point, I need to realize that I can't rely on my own thinking because it's so emotionally charged. And my life has been emotionally charged, and I've been driven by this fear, by, by all of these things. And um, and so it says perhaps these people were spiritually sick. You know, one thing I've learned is not to necessarily go around just because I'm mad at someone does not necessarily mean that person's spiritually sick. 
they may have told me a truth that I don't want to hear and I'm reacting to it, you know. Um, they may be spiritually sick, but you know what? The people in my life weren't always wrong. And so it's having that willingness to look at, even though I may despise somebody, they may have been right in an area. I may have been wrong about them. That's the general principle. Um, and, you know, I've got an experience where it says they, like ourselves, uh, you know, we're sick too. I have a person in my life who uh, was a substance addicted. I'm not going to say the substance, um, but, uh, you know, off and on, uh, addicted to a certain substance. And I was addicted to the same substance, um, the same kind of people. They like me, you know. And this person's disease progressed to the point of murder. You know, this person murdered my, it was my stepfather, murdered my mom. And, um, you know, I used that as an excuse for every bad thing I ever did, you know, because of my life and because how my life turned out, blah, 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 you know. Yeah, that person did cause me more harm than I caused them. But this being progressive and fatal, how many times did my moments of rage and jealousy and stuff put me in a position to where I took my anger out on those I love the most? You know, and when my solution rests completely and totally in another human being, and when that person, that human being takes themselves away, you know, and all my hope and all my security in that third column lies on a human being and that person walks away from me, you know, I'm, I can't guarantee you I wouldn't react the same way but for the grace of God. You know, how many people should, could I have killed in, uh, you know, under the influence while driving? How many mothers, how many sisters? You know, how many daughters, only children. Thank you. You know, they like ourselves are sick too. So I was, I was given that opportunity to pray for this person, that compassion started happening, not their best friend. But what ended up happening is I started getting changed and I was able to let go of the resentment, understanding that I'm, I'm not pure as the driven snow either. So anyway, thanks, Pete. Thanks everyone for your shares and happy Friday. Thanks, Shannon. All right, so we're going to open up the lines for sharing again. And um, although we value your experience, we ask that you let me share it every third day. You know the deal if you shared on uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Please step back and just hit me one at a time. Who's up? Sarita P. And Sarita from Massachusetts. Sarita Jessica Saunders. Jessica Les- F. Leslie, Leslie okay, hold on, hold on. W. Okay, we got Leslie is the third. Uh, Jessica S. Yvette C. Uh, Je- Je- Jessica S. Susan D. from Massachusetts. There was, some, there, there, there was someone from from Massachusetts I heard. Susan D. Susan. Okay, okay. Who's next? Who's next? Sharon B. Sharon B., is it? Yes, thank you. And then another person there is one, one more with Sharon. Lori G. Anne Marie M. Anne and Marie. Let's see. Let's see how that works out. That's a pretty good list. And I'll do my best if we have extra time. I'm sorry. I'm I'm I got broken ears today. So Dorita, Jessica, Leslie, Susan, Susan, Sharon, Lori G, and Anne Marie. Go ahead, Dorita. Thank you, Pete. Hi, my name is Dorita P. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm really grateful to be here. It's a privilege and honor to be at a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Everybody do not get this opportunity for whatever reason. So I'm really, really grateful I have a seat here. 
Um, I wasn't here at the beginning, but uh, I believe we're somewhere into action. This is our course and resentments and uh, praying for sick people, and perhaps they're sick too. I'm just really, really grateful. Uh, I heard the last couple a uh, couple few shares, and um, wow, <laughs> wow, I'm just, wow, I'm amazed. You know, um, I'm grateful that we could come together. Um, this was our course. Um, I think uh, Janice picked out the word R. And I'm just so grateful that this is a WE program. You know, they say, you know, the first uh, word of the first step is WE. We admitted we were powerless. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm, um, I'm, I guess I'm just so grateful for the WE. Um, this this program is amazing. It, it, it really is. Um, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I'm kind of stuck on that last year about man. That's I mean, resentments, resentments. I don't know. I, I probably would have still held on to that. But I'm just really grateful that I could do something with with my resentments. You know, my whole life, I couldn't. I mean, I didn't know the solution to my resentments, and my resentments was probably the number one thing. You know, that fueled my disease. So I'm just really grateful to be here, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pete, for your service. <laughs> Thanks, Dorita. I'm dying over here. Look, it's great, and I'm great to be called Pete, but it's Russ. But I'm having a good time. You guys are killing oh, me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I heard the last person call you Pete. Okay, thank you, Russ. <laughs> it's an it's an honor. It's an honor. I want to be in Pete's class. All right. <laughs> Next up is Jessica C. followed by Leslie W. Or, or is that Jessica S? I thought I heard it, Jessica. Um, I'm sorry. Is it? Uh, it's Jessica. Jessica S. But um, no matter, um, unless there's another Jessica on the line that has an initial. No, it's, it's you. It's you. Go for it. Okay. Um, thanks so much uh, for the chance to um, share on this. It's really weird. I'm just telling you I'm having a um, serendipity moment or a kismet moment. I had written down, um, I'm having some resentments. I had written down sick man's prayer and um, a couple of things. Um, I've been in program 17 years. I'm still having trouble with resentments. Um, and I, I pray the relief from resentment prayer a lot. Um, but it just occurred to me, um, you know, that's the one I used from the story back in the big book, but this is the instructions. You know, I'm, I'm glad to be on a vision for you where they say we're talking about what the instructions in the big book mean to us. This is what comes right after my inventory. This is this is the key right here. It says, you know, it's this prayer that I should be praying. And um, what also stood out to me this morning, which someone else previously pointed out, was the word perhaps. I've read that a number of times. I've read this passage a number of times, but it was like it's telling me perhaps I'm to consider that this person may be spiritually sick like me. Perhaps they are. I don't know. God does. Um, and then the other thing is cheerfully grant. Um, one of the current resentments I have, I literally, literally um, have in the past year the same person was physically sick. And I literally, cheerfully rolled into action to help. Um, and uh, and now, you know, I'm faced with the spiritual symptom that is disturbing me. And it's like, can I be just as cheerful? Can I be just as willing to roll into action and to pray this prayer 
and, you know, to give him tolerance, pity, patience. Um, and I think I'm going to look up the meaning of pity and I'm going to look up the meaning of tolerance in the dictionary just to help me out a little bit more. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Jessica. Next up is Leslie W. Followed by Susan D., I believe it is. Hey, um, Russ, this is Leslie. Would you mind swapping me out with the next person? I, I timed it a little wrong. I have to drop my kid sure. off. Sure. <laughs> you, got, you got it. All right. We're going to do Susan. I hope it's Susan D. But it was a Susan. Hi, everybody. Susan D. from Massachusetts. Thank you very much. Um, thank you. I wrote down a previous time or maybe last week, whatever, two days ago, anger equals poison. And so my anger is poison to me. And hurt people hurt people, somebody already said. And this is our course. This is our direction. This is what we need to do. And these people who I'm angry with, are typically just like me. Um, I put, when I pray, when I ask God to show me, Susan, we lost you there. Star one, please. I don't know how that happened, but anyway, I, um, there you go. Ask, You're good. Hi Go again. I ask them, I ask God to show them, um, show me how to be tolerant, patient, show them pity and love because I think that's really all we have to do is just love ourselves and others. I mean, that sounds so trite, but they're sick. I'm sick. Um, everybody comes with a baggage and, um, you know, just save me from being angry so that I don't hurt myself and or others anymore. Thank you. Thanks, Susan. Next up is Leslie W. Thank you, Pete, a.k.a. Russ. So, um... <laughs> So glad to be here with everybody this morning. Um, I'm usually doing kid drop-off at this time, as you could see, as you could hear. Uh, but I really wanted to get in on this paragraph this morning um, because I have a situation that's happening in my personal life um, where someone who I really love and trust um, has betrayed me and has wronged me and has hurt me and harmed me. And um, I do know that this that this person is is spiritually sick um, and suffering, um, which is which is why he he's done the things that they've done. You know, we don't we don't we don't do unkind things to people because we are healthy people. Um, but I know that I, in order for me to move on and move forward in my life, I have to pray for this person. No, I do not like the way their symptoms have disturbed me. However, 
I don't want to allow them space in my head. I don't want to live in resentment. And so the only way for me to be free of resentment is to pray. Pray for this person. Ask God to help me to show them tolerance, pity, and patience. But that just, it does not mean, I just want to say that it, this, this does not mean that we should accept bad behavior. We, we don't have to do that. We are God's children. I am God's daughter. And he wants the best for me. And um, sometimes that means letting go um, and letting God. So that's what I'm doing today, and I just am so thankful to be abstinent, to be working this program, and grateful for all the blessings in my life. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Leslie. So we're going to have Sharon B., but before uh, Sharon B. jumps on, I just want to let you know where we're at we're and how it works. Page, uh, page 66, fourth paragraph. This was our course ending with, I will be done. I just want to let you know. All right. Sharon, you're up. Good morning, family. Thank you, Russ, and thank you, everybody that does service on this meeting. Oops, my timer. Okay. Um, what an amazing, awesome meeting and so many excellent shares. I, I didn't feel like I could add anything except I've got this. <laughs> I've been learning to look up things and not assume that I know them um, because I don't. And I was looking up the word that stood out to me. The word that stood out to me in this was pity because I just, I, I don't, I don't understand that word. I feel like it's looking down on someone. So I looked up, I've got a 1939 Webster's Dictionary, um, and it says, sympathy with distress, compassion. Sympathy in in the dictionary means mutual feeling of pleasure or pain, and distress means physical or mental anguish. So for me to pity with this definition means I will have a mutual feeling of the pain of the physical or mental anguish of this other person. At least to me, that's what it interprets as, which is compassion, which is what, we, what I have been told compassion looks like. And how different that is to me today than it used to be. And I love in the previous shares being able to see where this other person was, what they've gone through, how they feel. You know, it's, I always love to look at, you know, what was originally written. And and when Bill, Bill W. wrote this paragraph, he said, um, well, <laughs> they also asked, changed the we asked God to help us. You asked God to help you show, show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that you would cheerfully grant a friend with cancer. And when I think of a friend with cancer and in that time, in that period, 
cancer wasn't something people just recovered from. It wasn't something that they had all these things that they could do for it. It was something that when a person had cancer, it was serious. They usually died, you know. So um, I appreciate the reminder that I need to be sure when I'm doing this. And, and this prayer has saved me so much. I actually extended it uh, at the suggestion of another that I admire to also include asking God to help me to avoid retaliation or argument, you know, that I wouldn't treat a sick person that way. And that if I do, I destroy my chance of being helpful all the way to the end. And, and that has just helped me immensely. And um, thank you for this. Thank you for the reminder that I need to look on this person with a mutual feeling of their pain. And thank you and anguish and with that i'll pass thank you family thanks sarah appreciate it next up is lori g followed by amarian hi this is lori g in colorado um thank you so much for <laughs> for hearing me uh, thank you for your service and um i am very nervous because i don't share very often but um I have been in program for 27 years. Uh, actually, it'll be 28. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but I've been listening to Vision for about six and a half years, and um, that's when my real recovery started. Um, and I'm just—I just ask God to give me the words I need to say because I'm—I'm I'm not sure what I need to say. Uh, this morning, but I'm so grateful for recovery, grateful for this meeting, grateful so much for all of you. I usually listen to the recorded meetings, and God woke me up at 4.30 this morning and said, go listen to a meeting, a live one. So I said, okay. <laughs> um, but I, this paragraph is one of the most important ones to me because I was a very angry person for many years, and tried everything tried i mean i went to church have gone to church most of my life and um that didn't solve my anger problems um i tried a few different um anger management type courses or whatever you know tried to tried to fix it myself and um i i had basically turned into my dad who was i would say a rageaholic and of course he was the last person in the world that that I wanted to be like and I turned into him and um this program has t um I don't want to say taken away my anger because it still comes up but when it does I have something to deal with it and um I recently had a flip and I got angry at God because I said, you didn't protect me. And um, in reality, he, he did protect me because the the one slip, the, the two bites of food that I had that I shouldn't have had could have been uh, my, my end. I could have dove into my very favorite or in this case, my worst poison food and just fallen off the earth and and 
you know, as my sponsor put it, fell face down in the food. And, and I'm, I know if I had done that, that would be at the end. I would not come back. Um, and instead I took these two bites and I, um, surrendered. I said, God, I need you help. Um, I talked to my sponsor. I talked to other people. Talk. I did an inventory and wow, that went fast. So anyway, I'm just so grateful for all of you and for recovery and, and for all of your service. Thank you so much. I'll pass. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Anne-Marie, we got about two and a half minutes. Okay. Good this for that. I'm good for that. Sure. I'm Anne-Marie M. I live in uh, South Carolina, and I'm recovered through God's grace and really by working the 12 steps as uh, directed by the uh, Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, Just so grateful for that. I believe that this is the most important part of the fourth step. You know, on page 45 of We Agnostics, it says uh, that this, uh, well, that's exactly what this book is about. It's the main object is in, to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. My problem <laughs> is myself. My problem is my uh, character defects. Um, my problem is, um, you know, having all these emotions and not knowing to do what to do with it. And so to ask God, and this is perfectly situated Right after I've named the person who harmed me, wrote down what they did, and how it affected me. And what I learned early on before I started studying the big book was that I go right into talking about what my part is. And boy, that would anger me more than anything without the prayer. So the prayer puts a buffer for me. And for me to go to God to ask that I look at what I just wrote to help me to be compassionate with this person, that this person is not much different than I am being sick and self-centered. And, and, and so I, I always thought this prayer was for the other person, but you know, as it was, it's been said, this prayer is for me to put a buffer on the hate and anger that I have for these, um, you know, the, the people that harmed me, you know, and, it gives me an allowance of being able to look at what my part really is and to find out how I can, how I can be changed. And only God can change me. So this prayer or a prayer, any prayer, before I go into looking at my part, I believe is the most important part of the big book, of, of, of the uh, fourth step. It is for me to go to God asking for help. And um, with that, I'll just pass. Thanks. Perfect timing. All right. Emory's going to be our last share. We thank everyone who shared with us today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. I don't know if you can get a better meeting than today. You guys have me cracking up. All right. So today's share ID, Friday, uh, March 10th, 2023, 7 a.m. meeting is 20,040. So it's 20040. All right, we'll now uh, close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Anne-Marie M., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
yes, this is Anne-Marie M. again. And our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.